Hey there, and welcome to Good Podcasting, the show designed to help you create, launch, and grow your podcast. My name is Brian. I'm the host of the show, and today I'm interviewing Anthony Carley, co-host of Conserving Christianity podcast and the owner of Magreal Media that produces said podcast. Anthony, welcome to Good Podcasting. Thank you for having me. This is actually the first time I've been on someone else's podcast, so a little different. Is that right? Yes. All right. So always the host, never the guest. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> until until today. Till now. I see, yeah. I see that you're wearing your Sweetwater shirt. I love that. I am, I am wearing a Sweetwater shirt. <laughs> I will always wear free merch. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten a free Sweetwater shirt yet. Hmm. And you even to... did stuff there for that. I know. <laughs> I mentioned that because that's where we met initially yes. was through Sweetwater, the podcast meetups that I was hosting there for them. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we just got to know each other a little bit through some of those meetups, uh, the conversations we'd have in class and right afterwards and stuff. It's been fun getting to know you a little bit, but tell my audience who you are, what you do for a living. And then we'll start talking a little <laughs> bit about your podcast. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm Anthony. I actually am a lighting engineer by day, uh, which is a lot of fun. Done a lot of concerts, uh, work in the church mostly, uh, for that now. Um, and then we have uh, the Conserving Christianity podcast, which is produced by Magreal Media, which I am one of the owners for. Just a small little um, side business that me and a buddy did uh, started a few years ago, where we're just doing video production for the most part. We've done some weddings and um, some other things like that. Um, but Conserving Christianity came about when actually a group of college students that I knew started a blog called Conserving Christianity. And they wanted to do a podcast, but didn't have the knowledge or the means to do it. I liked what they were doing. And so I said, I'll sponsor you. I'll do it. And so that's just kind of where it started. So you decided you would sponsor and produce it, but now you're part of it. Yeah. Are, you, are you like one of the main hosts of that that podcast? Yes, I am now one of the main hosts of the podcast. <laughs> okay, fantastic. And so um, how long... That's a is that a long form podcast? I I think I've listened yes. to a few of those. Yeah, uh, you guys go forty five minutes, sixty minutes. What's your typical episode length? We try to stick to an hour. Um, lately, we've been going a little bit longer. A um, couple of the other people who normally are on it haven't been able to be on it um, just for life reasons. Okay, and they normally were the ones of helping keep us in our time limit. And so okay. it's me and me and uh, Adam. <laughs> And uh, when we get going, it's we just kind of keep going. All of a sudden, we look over and we're like, "Ooh, we are over time." <laughs> I know how that goes. So, how many? There's two of you now. How many are typically part of that podcast? We we try to have at least three, if not four. So okay. it's me and Adam who kind of are the main hosts. I would say. Then we have Jake and Adriana. Okay. So one of the the things that I talk to new podcasters about because this podcast is for beginners and people who are trying to figure out what to do with their podcast is the format that you choose, right? So I think that's something that maybe a lot of people don't give much thought to going in. So am I going to do this on my own? Am I going to do this with a buddy, uh, host, co-host? You guys have multiple voices on your show, which works really well in certain situations, but not in others, because when people begin talking over each other, that's always a challenge to figure out, especially on the back end, when you're doing all the editing and post-production. So, Well, that's actually the funny part. We okay. don't do any of that. Oh, you go, you guys straight we live? live? We are live to tape. Okay. Um, is what we would normally say in like a 
TV production, I guess. Okay, you could say. I didn't realize that. We are fully live to tape. When we hit go, we're we're going until we're done. Yeah. Um I've I've put a lot of money and effort into making it so when we're done recording, basically I don't have to hardly do anything except upload. Fantastic. I love that for sure. Yeah, because that's the work I do primarily is the back end yes. editing and post production for others. And really it's hard taking, you know, four voices, even if they're on separate tracks, because there's the bleed and the different microphones and, and all that stuff. So that's a challenge. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to challenges later. <laughs> you said you're, you're a, a lighting engineer. You got into sound engineering a little bit out of necessity. Yep. Um, yes. What have you, what's been the biggest um, advantage of being a sound engineer or what you know uh, to helping produce the podcast that you're doing? I mean, uh, everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> Understanding audio in a in a much more live environment, as well as even TV production, because I've done audio for both um, TV production and live streams and stuff, as well as live events. Um, when you're in those environments compared to more of a recording, there's tools that we use that people might not always think about. And so one of my biggest tools that I use is, is I use Waves, um, which is I'm running live currently, even like with this mic now. Um, it, it's what's making the sound, it's, uh, the tone of it and everything like that, as well as like what you were saying with the issue of bleeding between mics with multiple people. I don't have that issue because I can isolate everyone's voice with different wave plugins live and gotcha. I don't have to come back and deal with it later. Oh, that's perfect. We'll have to talk about what those are off air a little bit because, oh, yeah. <laughs> cause you record remotely, right? So you record. We are now. Okay. Originally when we started, we were not, we were all in one studio. Okay, so it's probably a little easier to isolate voices when you're recording remotely. <laughs> a lot remotely. easier now. <laughs> and but, but I mean, before when we were in a in a full studio, um, I mean they were maybe two feet apart from everyone, and I could, yeah. and I was able to isolate, and that's why I, I mean, I built up the infrastructure to support that. Yeah, that's fantastic. I actually. I went the more physical route and I had a, a gentleman in yesterday doing an interview live in this studio and my desk is about 25 inches wide and we typically sit apart from each other. So again, there's the two feet that you got. I actually built wings on this desk to oh. get us, uh, yeah, to get us a little bit farther apart, uh, facing different, uh, like our angles are a little different. So our mics are pointed different directions. So um, haven't listened back to that recording yet, but we're going to see how, how that sounds. But that was my, my physical effort to, to reduce that noise bleed into, into the mic. So anyway, I could go on and on talking about <laughs> all of this technology stuff. And that's a little bit of what I want to get into is the, the tech and the workflow. Like yeah. that you guys, you said you, you do record live and you, mm -hmm. you live stream and then it's good to go. You don't do a lot of back end work. It is. It's not for everyone. I will say that it, it took a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, I mean, I'm running to run everything I do. I had to custom build macros upon macros. And, and I'm sitting here with a stream deck just controlling it all. Yeah. Um, as well as also trying to be a host. So yes. your mind is is here on the tech and here on the camera. And, and, and it can be very difficult. Um, and so it, it takes a lot of time. It definitely takes a lot of time. It definitely takes a lot of practice as well to be a live producer of a <laughs> yes. show. Um, yeah. Uh, so you are, you're a gifted individual in that <laughs> sense. Talk us through the, 
you've got your stream deck, you've got your wave plugins you talked mm -hmm. about. Talk us through kind of the, the recording equipment that you use, the microphone yeah. you got in front of you. Some will <laughs> see this and go, that's the mic. That is the <laughs> mic that yeah. everybody wants and everybody needs to have as a podcaster. You have it in front of you. And I know from past experience and conversation with you, it's not your favorite mic, nope. right? Talk us through what that is, what you're using, why you're using it now, and why mm -hmm. you typically, you personally wouldn't like it for podcasting. Yeah. So currently right now, I'm using the Shure SM7B, which in, for some reason in the broadcast world is the go-to mic. It is what we want. It's what, well, it's what everyone wants. They think it's the the greatest mic, and if they have it, th there's actually an ad that sure has that really irritates me, and it's the SM7B, and it says from five listeners to fifty thousand listeners, and it's this idea of this mic is what's going to make or break. Yeah, we what both we're know that's not right. <laughs> it's not that's not true at all. <laughs> um, but the reason why I'm not a fan of it is because actually it's a very very. Um, smooth mic i think it's great for singers and stuff like that i use it whenever i'm recording um typically like music and i'm recording like a singer that okay. vocal that's when i use it um but when you're trying to do like a podcast you i'm worried about um sibilance and diction and being able to clearly understand what someone's saying and the mic is not designed for that hmm. so actually i'm running a ton I mean, as I told you earlier, I think it took me about two hours to dial in this mic to get it to sound like it does currently right now. Like if I turned off all the plugins, you'd be like, well, that's not what this sounds like. <laughs> right. So you're right. Like that, that's a mic that has a deeper tone, right? It picks mm -hmm. up the, the, the lower frequencies really well. And some have even described it as giving kind of a muddy sound. Like it's really yes. dark. It's a dark microphone. And mm -hmm. It doesn't sound that way right now. No, the way it does you're not. Using it. <laughs> um, so, so you use it. You'd use it in a different sense, not necessarily yeah. for podcasting. But maybe the popularity. Let's just throw it out there: is Joe Rogan uses that mic, and Joe Rogan everybody does use it. everybody wants to have what he has because he's the number one podcast in the world right now mm -hmm. and has been for a while. So, if he I also has a team of. <laughs> highly skilled engineers who can sit there and make it sound really, really good. <laughs> yes, you are 100% correct. It's not it's not a mic you just plug and play. There's some additional equipment you need to really power that. So that's more advanced. We'll talk about that later. I'm curious. So we talked about your the Shure SM7B mic that you have and then the board that you have. Um, what did you start with when you first started podcasting or broadcasting or the first time you sat behind a mic, you've had some different experiences. I know um, what is kind of beginner Anthony uh, equipment setup look like, or was there such a thing because of your other experience? There was um, some beginner <laughs> okay. stuff uh, to some extent. Uh, we still actually use. Um, so actually I have the mics that we typically will use. Okay, uh, we have what the are AKG P120s. Okay. They're great little mics. They're actually very, very affordable. For about one SM7B, you can get about three or four of those. Okay. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> and they sound sure. they sound really nice. The only downside for some people, they are condenser mics. Mm. So you you can end up with some background noise and things like that real easily. You have to be able to learn how to control them a little, but they're great 
they're great sounding mics. You said that you're using the SM7B now. Mm-hmm. Typically use that condenser microphone, the AKG. The condenser microphones are much more sensitive. Like they're designed, right, to be sensitive, which is why they pick up a lot of that room noise, the hum, the buzz, the the cars driving by, the mower <laughs> next door, the fans, the whatever. So in my room, I have a little bit of sound treatment uh, kind of in front of me. So I'm speaking into a lot of that sound treatment that I built for that wall. Um, but I have magnetic covers that I put mm. over my vents um, because our fan is always blowing and circulating air. So I just block it off while I'm recording. It gets kind of warm in here with some lights oh, yeah. and no air <laughs> movement, but it definitely helps the sound for sure. Yes. Uh, my room that I'm in right now definitely gets very warm, but it's partially because I have a lot of equipment in here too <laughs> that just everything's spinning. <laughs> yep. Yep. So let's talk about your workflow a little bit. Mm-hmm. So for everything from the ideation, when you come up mm-hmm. with topics for your podcast, to sitting down to writing your content, if you write it, sketch mm-hmm. it out, um, to the actual recording and uploading process, yeah. right? So you do video, you do audio. We'll talk about that at the end, but let's kind of back up and mm-hmm. talk about the where do the ideas come from when you and your co-host kind of sit down and go, okay, what are we going to talk about next week? Yeah, so... For us, because we we like to talk about a lot of what's going on in the world, Um, we're kind of just looking at news a lot. We're constantly seeing what's going on, what's happening. We're trying to find trends. We're we're following things on Twitter. We're doing stuff, and we're we then have to make decisions. What are we going to talk about? Yep. Um, I thankfully don't have to do much of that because I do. Just about everything else, it feels like. Right. <laughs> um, so Adam is typically the one who will pick different topics and stuff like that. We all do, and we all just, as we see things throughout the week, we're just sending stuff to him. He goes through, and he'll make the final decision of these are the things we're going to talk about. Um, he'll go through. He'll write up some stuff about each, basically some bullet points about it, and he sends it out to us. It's then on us to then go through and start researching that as well. We okay. like to make sure that everyone's informed when we go in, so that way we're not just sitting there like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important to know. Um, so how far in advance does he send you that information to give you time to really do your research and read up? Depends on the week. Okay. Uh, sometimes if it's a slower week, it's going to be a little bit closer, sometimes day of the podcast. Um, okay. Sometimes we can get a day or two out. Um, we record early, but we don't, so we don't want to go so far out that anything that we discuss is no longer relevant or out of date. Okay. So we we release on Tuesdays at nine a.m. Okay. Uh, for video, audio is available. I think at like six a.m. Um, okay. Just because some people who are generally the, our audience who's listening on audio, they never really go over to video, and people who are on video very rarely go to audio. And we, we found just audio-wise, more people were listening in the morning than they were later. But then yeah. video-wise, we found people around that 9 a.m. That was where it was a good a good fit. So Okay, that is, that's a good pickup. That's good insight uh, mm-hmm. that I wasn't thinking when I asked that question as far as release time. How did you uh, discover that? So for people <laughs> who are trying to figure out, when do I release? What's the best day? What's the best time? Um, how did you guys discern that for your podcast? We had to, we had to, is a lot of trial and error, a okay. lot of that, um, trying to figure out what's the best time, thinking through some logical things. What are podcasts that are similar to ours? 
what time are they doing it? We did not want to be at the same time as theirs because they were a lot bigger than us. Gotcha. And so we did not want to lose audience because of other podcasts that are bigger than us are covering similar stuff for them to take over. Right. And so we we had to find, okay, where are they doing it? When should we kind of find our window and we're going to push it and we'll like, we're going to push it and push it hard. Yeah. And so you look at your, your numbers, you dig into your analytics a little bit. (laughs) Um, And what do you guys use as a host site? I assume YouTube for the video content. Is that correct? So we use both YouTube and Rumble. Um, Rumble. We've gotten in trouble with YouTube a few times. (laughs) Okay. So... Gotcha. So, um, is I'm not familiar with Rumble. Is that a video upload yep, site? Is it's that... a newer, it's a newer video okay. uh, platform. They're actually making quite a bit of headway. Okay. They're, I mean, they're they're going to be they're almost direct competitors to YouTube at this point now. Okay. Um, okay. That type I'll of thing. Have to look into that <laughs> a little bit. And so, what do you uh, publish your audio on? What's your host site for that? So, host site we use SoundCloud. Okay. To get our RSS, and then we just send it out to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, okay. wherever we could. So, do you manage that distribution yourself? Yep. With the R, okay. So you don't use like an anchor or a Buzz Sprout that will push it out for you. I do it all myself. Okay. And what is the advantage for you of doing it that way, or why did you decide to do that? I had never heard of any of the other ones. Okay. <laughs> at the time. Um, <laughs> I knew SoundCloud could do it. I had, there were some other ones I looked at. SoundCloud had some things that I really, really liked about them. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have a couple different sideshows that we'll do here and there. And okay. what's nice is we can distinguish a little bit better when we're he- when it's those new uh, or different shows. I could say we can set them up into different albums and uh, playlists and things like that, as well as we get our own different cover art. For each individual thing. Okay. Um, so whenever you go onto like Spotify or whatever, depending on what one you go to, the uh, album cover will even change with it. Okay. Recently, I had a conversation with a guest who mentioned they wish they had listened to a show like Good Podcasting before they launched. And here's why. We talk about the things that every podcaster needs to know from the gear you need or don't need to get started to the biggest challenges you face in the early stages of the process. That being the case, we want to help as many podcasters as possible create, launch, and grow successful podcasts, and you can help us do that in a couple of ways. Number one, if you like it, share it. Tell others about good podcasting and something you've learned as a result. Number two, rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback matters to us, and we'd love to hear it. And number three, if you benefited from it, consider giving towards it. This show is 99% self-funded, and your support in any amount to help us cover equipment and expenses is greatly appreciated. Visit our Buy Me a Coffee page to learn more. The link is down there in the description. While I'm at it, I wanted to shout out Brittany Edelson for buying three coffees for us earlier this season. Thank you so much, Brittany. I know you're working towards a relaunch of your podcast later this year, and we appreciate your support here on Good Podcasting. Now back to the show. Let's transition a little bit now, Anthony, and talk about some of the challenges that you faced as a podcast producer, podcast creator, and even live streamer. Uh, Because a lot of people are going that route now is they're live streaming their podcast because they don't want to do the back end or it's current relevant topics. That works really well, I think, with current relevant hot topics that are in the news, right? Um, What are some of the challenges you faced early on as you got into this? 
Oh, early on. <laughs> um, having a space to record was was huge. Um, we actually had to like rent out a space when we first started that was not great. Okay. <laughs> Did not work super well, but it was what we could do because um, it was free. So we yeah. always like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, free is helpful I mean, when you're starting for sure. Yes. And so I actually had to do a full setup and tear down every week. Mm. Um, going in, doing stuff like that. The studio or the, the makeshift studio, you could say, was not great, um, it, but it, it was functional. Okay. Um, and so along with that, I did not have all the gear to be able to do how I'm doing it now. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of recording and a lot of editing afterwards. Okay. Uh, I, I mean, it was because I would basically go in, set it up, and I would just set three cameras up. And I'd hit record on all of them. And then I would have to go into post and I would have to actually go through and do all of the cuts. Yeah. Now I'm, um, well, then last season, uh, I think it was season two or something like that was when we started in the studio, which was really nice um, that I built in, in my basement. At that point, I had gotten um, a switcher. I had a, well, yeah, I'd gotten the X32. I was I had a stream deck the entire time, but um, I was able to implement all of that. I was able to actually put in proper lighting. It was it was a lot nicer. <laughs> and okay. then uh, I moved to Indiana, and now we do it all remote, which is a whole new amount of struggles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so where were I'm you before? One. So I was up in we uh, we were all in Grand Rapids, Michigan. That's right. Uh, you did tell me yes. that. Okay. And now I am down here in Indiana, a little south of uh, Fort Wayne where you are. Yeah. Um, and so I, they're all still in Grand Rapids, and it's just me, and I'm the one who has all the equipment. <laughs> <laughs> so um, when they record, are they together typically? They are not together. Okay, they, they, they stay remote because you're remote? We all stay remote because um, there's no studio for oh, them to go Oh, because you into. had the studio. I it had was the in your studio. house. Yep. They can't knock on whoever bought your house. <laughs> The knock on their door and say, "Hey, can we use your basement again?" Nope. No, so, yeah, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> so they all they all just kind of they they kind of set up in their rooms, a little space for them. Um, they all kind of they had to get some cheaper USB mics, mm-hmm. um, and then actually the way that I've got it all set up now, I get every single person's audio separately as well as video separately. Um, it comes into separate tracks, and I run them all through my X32 still into Waves. So I have full mixing capabilities so I can take those 60, well, actually, they're about $100 microphone USB mics, yeah. and I'm actually able to make them sound like some nicer mics. Yeah, fantastic. It's good to be able to do that for sure. Now, do they use the same mics, the AKGs that you showed me, or those XLR mics? So the AKG P120s are XLR. Um, okay. So they're not using those. Those are They're using, I think, some Rode usb mics or, okay or something like that. do they all the, have the no, same the, mic it's the blue the, yeah they've they've got the blue yeti that's what it is okay um they get two of the, the there's they have those um and then typically i use not the sm7b but i use the se x1a okay that's typically what i use okay why do you have the sm7b set up currently i'm curious <laughs> um with the move i couldn't find everything but i found this okay <laughs> <laughs> And I just haven't had a chance to swap it out. Gotcha. <laughs> so How long was ago was the move? A uh, couple months ago now. Okay. 
but I mean, so it was a couple months ago and then it took me uh, two, three months to set up the, the room that I'm in now to actually start recording. Okay. So you're, you're the atypical podcaster that came in with a lot more experience than you even needed to yes. produce, to, to host a podcast and produce it. Um, most people come in and go, I've got something I think I might want to talk about. And they don't always even know what that is that they want to talk about. Yes. They just think it would be fun to sit in front of a mic and do something. And so they have to learn all of this along the way. So, um, I, that is good context to, to yes. hear that. It, it, so it's, it, you can learn it. You can, yes. it just takes a lot of time, a lot of reps, um, I mean, I'm still always trying to learn more. I'm I'm always on YouTube listening to people, seeing what are they doing, how are they doing stuff, what more can I learn on on some more in depth things. Um, like, and, but one of the biggest things that I've always said, as well as a lot of other professionals will always say, it's getting out, doing it, and putting in the reps. If you don't just go and do it, you're not going to be able to learn and grow. Um, and that's the only way that we can grow as Honestly, artist, we, yeah. we, we're in a different form of art now than what it used to be thousands of years ago. Right. This is an art and we can't get better unless we do the reps. Yep. Yep. I would 100% agree with that. One thing that uh, this audience hears me say all the time is your first episode is not going to be your best episode. Um, <laughs> and the start before you're ready, because Lord knows when I started, um, uh, one of the episodes, I don't know exactly when this will fall, but one of the episodes I've recorded that will air just before this one, we kind of talked about our beginning journey and, uh, you know, I had no idea what I was doing and, um, <laughs> learned along the way. And so, yeah, certainly your first episode is not going to be your best and you learn, you put the reps in and then you go back after a hundred episodes. If you get there and you go, <laughs> Oh, I sounded terrible. You'll probably get to episode seven and look back at episode one and go, oh, that was terrible. Because <laughs> you learn so oh, much yeah. in those early stages, for sure. You you learn so much just by doing it. And then you, you'll start to, you start to almost have like, I don't want to say addiction, but you start mm. to like, I want to, I want to learn more. I want to do better. I want to get better. So then you start doing this research. You're seeing what other people are doing. You start just it's no longer learning like we do in school where it's this, you have to learn this. It's a, I want to learn this. Right. And you're going to start realizing that you're going to retain that information so much more and so much better. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Being hands-on, definitely you learn a lot more than just watching someone else figure it out for you. Yeah. Yes. Um, so let's talk about growth a little bit as a podcast, as a show that you guys have done since you started, uh, what kind of growth have you experienced and what are some uh, maybe some intentional steps you've taken to move in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that we found for growth, man, social media, yeah. you gotta push it. If you yeah. don't push social media, you're not gonna, I, I, you just don't get the extra views. Um, but then the other thing that we found, and now it's, it's, it's a hard discussion that we're having right now. We found when we do it actually live, not like a live to tape like we've been doing it, but literally a live segment online mm. tuning in. Um, we've done it a couple times now. And we've found, man, we get a huge increase in, in viewership. And so now we're at the, at the point 
our show is already kind of that borderline. Are we a podcast or are we an online show? Gotcha. We're trying, we're trying to be both. And so now we're at that hard point of, we still want to release the audio for podcast listeners, but do we just embrace that show side and go fully live? Mm. And that's a hard decision because we really, there's some comfort knowing, Hey, if we can't record this day, we can have a little bit of room <laughs> to, right. to record a different day. So we're we're in the, we're in that hard decision because of just the way that our show works. Gotcha. So if you you're saying you're suggesting if you do it live, you want to be consistent, just like you are with your release now. You want to do yes. the live stream the same day, same time every week. And I think that's really wise. I think the consistency, whether it's live or release schedule, a lot of people say I just release episodes when I'm. When I have one, um, and that can work, but uh, I think the consistency is really key, and so I can imagine that's a difficult conversation it, to navigate. It's a very difficult conversation because we would actually have to completely change days that we're releasing now. Mm. Um, we would have to do like Saturday mornings. Yeah, it's not impossible. We can do it, but it's that: is this the step that is this the next step that we need to take or not? You mean and you're so not we're, we're, you're not all available to go live at Tuesday <laughs> at nine a.m. No, I'm not. <laughs> I work an hour away. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, that's good insight too about live streaming and audience uh, retention, audience uh, engagement, even mm-hmm. uh, if if you go live. And I think that's something that uh, more and more podcasters will consider doing mm-hmm. moving forward because live streaming is is really taking off and people are seeing a lot of the similar engagement that you're talking about. Um, but not every show is built for live streaming. No. And we kind of mentioned that early in yours because it's relevant, because it's in the now, because mm-hmm. it's stuff in the news, it, it would be worthwhile to live stream for sure. Yep. Yeah. And, and so it's just, yeah, having that figuring out is that the best option though? Yeah, um, because yeah, like I said, we we want to stay consistent, and and that is a big factor for that. But man, when we when we go live, you see a lot of people, more people start coming on, and they want to actually interact. Okay. That's the biggest thing because I mean we've we've put it out there so many times. Mm. Hey, send comments, send us things, do whatever. We even offered, hey, if we get like the best whatever type of response, we will bring you on the show. Yeah. And we won't get anything, but we go live and we'll get interaction. Yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because it is really hard to even get comments, uh, to get reviews, to get ratings. Like it's really simple stuff. You're right there. Just hit the stars. Yep. You know, it's right there. Um, but but when people you, won't do it. Yeah. But, but when, when you're, you're live. live all of a sudden they go, oh, I might have a chance where they're going to interact with me. Yeah. And so they do it. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, I, I'm part of a couple of different uh, podcast groups and Facebook groups. And one of the words that always keeps popping up because it's a buzzword in our culture right now is authenticity. Like, mm-hmm. And I think when you're live, people see the real you because they know it's not edited at all. <laughs> like you can be putting on a show, you can be going into character, but it's it's you live and it's easier to interact that way than I don't know who that person is when they're not on camera, when they're mm-hmm. editing, whatever. Um, so I do think it's the real you. I think it's more authentic sometimes. And maybe that's one of the reasons people do engage. So definitely something to keep in mind for for those who are considering formats of their show moving <laughs> forward. I mean, yeah. And so actually, it's funny when you when you talk about format for starting. I mean, when we started, 
that was a huge conversation that none of them even thought about. Mm. I mean, I so I was the only one who even kind of, I mean, had an understanding of what we were kind of doing. And so, like, we sat down for, like, that first meeting. I'm like, okay, we need to figure out format. And they went, what do you mean we got to figure out format? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is this going to be audio only? Is this going to be a video podcast? How are we, how do we want to do that? And they were just like, well, what if we started audio and went to video? And I was like, well, we could, but typically that that's a hard transition to do. And you're not probably going to get the viewers that you're having in audio to switch over. Right. It's kind of one of those, we need to make this decision now. And yeah. so, and because I had the equipment to do it, they're like, all right, let's just go video then. Cause we could see ourselves needing to go that way. And yeah, I'm glad we did. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's where your experience and uh, uh, knowledge come in, the the wisdom that you brought to that very first conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've seen this. I've done this. I have the equipment, but I also have the experience. Let's just do it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Um, hey, I'm, I'm watching our time. I know we're running, running towards the end here, and I just have yeah. a couple questions um, left for you. One is for podcasters who are just thinking about starting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I have this idea in my head and I want to broadcast it and mm-hmm. I don't know what that all looks like. So for that podcaster, that's just trying to figure out next steps. What's your best advice that you can give them? Record. Just do it. Just do it. Stop questioning it. Just do it. Do they um, upload that or do they just record and try it? I would say to upload it. Okay. A lot of people, some people will say not to. I say do it because it's easy to criticize yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to criticize yourself. And it might not be good, but if you can put it out there, there's a chance that you're you're going to get people who are going to see it and go, wasn't great. Right. But here are the areas that were good. And mm-hmm. those areas that they might be saying are good, you might be sitting there going, I don't like that and getting ready to get rid of it. Yep. The, and the truth of the matter, let's just be really honest. Who's listening to your first episode? Is it's oh, your friends mom, and family? It's your friends. <laughs> it's right, and they're going to tell you it's great anyway because they're so close <laughs> to you. But that's why you've got to like send it you, you to have, a few you people. You have nicer friends and family than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if mine ever listened to mine. So um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I don't even know. if uh, I know like my parents do, but like I'm pretty sure if my sister listened to like some of her first, she would have been like come on, you could do better. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm just doing it. I'm getting better. Right. Right. No, that's really good advice. Uh, Just record, just record and put it out there. I think that's the, the, the hardest part sometimes is the putting it out there. Like I can sit and record and do four five, six, seven takes of an episode if I wanted to. But Mm -hmm. once I put it out there, that's the risky part. Right. Yes. And if I can put out something that I know is not perfect, but it's, it's, how where I'm starting, it's it's finished and it's it's going out. If I can get past that, then everything I do because I learn how to edit, I learn how to produce it, I learn how to mix sound is gonna be better. And so I've already overcome that fear and mm-hmm. I just know it's getting better and it's going up from here. But I mean the biggest thing about that though too is greatness doesn't come without risk. Ooh, that's a good quote. That might be the title of this episode. There we go. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> Last question for you, Anthony. Um, where can people find you if they're interested in learning more from you? Where can they find your podcast? And where can they find Mag Real Media, most importantly? 
Yeah. Uh, so I am. I try to be on Twitter sometimes. I'm I'm terrible at it, about it. I'm on more <laughs> just to like see other people, but I do try to quote or send stuff out. Um, so probably don't follow me there because <laughs> it's going to be pretty boring. Um, <laughs> I don't think be, I've ever had someone say I'm on Twitter, um, but don't follow me there. <laughs> it's it's not worth it. I don't post anything. I'm bad at it. It's it's one of those things. Like I said, we use it more as a tool to try to find new information. Sure. Um, to find us uh, for conserving Christianity, conservingchristianity.org. Um, that's so because it started off as a blog. It is still a blog. Okay. Um, you can go, you can read different blogs there. All of our, uh, episodes are also there. We're on YouTube, we're on Spotify, Apple podcast, Google podcast, all the, wherever you kind of get a podcast, <laughs> we're, we're probably there unless right. I didn't know about it and I didn't put an RSS feed in it. <laughs> um, and then Magrail Media. Um, so that's just the company that does the producing of it. Um, we do, we do some wedding videos, but generally we do more corporate videos Okay. Um, we've done a lot of engineering videos. Don't know why, but when we started the company, all of a sudden, like engineering companies were coming to us a lot. Wow. Um, just, I don't know why just kind of happened that way. Um, but we do a lot of corporate videos there. Um, mag, uh, M A G and then real R E E L not R E A L. Right. And then media.com. Okay. Um, it's a play on words. It's fun. Uh, I don't know if, how many people will get that but it's a fun one all right fantastic so conservingchristianity.org is where they'll find the podcast and the blog and all of that youtube everywhere else and then magrillmedia.com if they're interested in some film production that you do fantastic anthony is a pleasure to have you here on good podcasting it's been a fun conversation for me um, because i nerd out on the tech and it sounds like you do as well so thanks for joining me today Thanks for having me. It was great.